Oh, why, hello there. And welcome back to another episode of What's With You, Scooby Doo. Another collaboration as Billy Seaguire joins me to chat about anything. <laughs> uh, no, uh, Billy wanted to chat about the Outcast video for Land of a Million Drums, which is featured on the Scooby-Doo live-action movie original soundtrack, and the music video features Matthew Lillard acting a lot? I don't know. We'll talk about that very limitedly, but we will talk about it. Uh, check out the video on the tubes and anywhere else. It's definitely worth more attention than we give it, but this is a hell of a lot of fun. Uh, Billy's great. He has a wealth of knowledge. Also comes on to pimp his Kickstarter. So check that out. Uh, it's for a zine called Called Into Being, a celebration of Frankenstein. You can check it out uh, on his Twitter, at the Billy Seguire. S-E-G-U-I-R-E. That's everything. Uh, tune in again. We'll hear you. I... If you want to get in touch with the podcast, as always, you can find us on Facebook.com slash What's With You, Scooby-Doo, What's With You, Scooby-Doo at gmail.com, on Twitter and Instagram at W-W-Y-Scooby-Doo, as well as uh, that's it. Thank you so much. And once again, let's let's do this. this. Kind of into that as an aesthetic, though. I, I never went in there when they had milk. I like the idea of like a giant international super chain and being like, you want milk? Tuesdays at three. That's when we've got it. (laughs) If you don't come at Tuesdays at three, you're not getting milk. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) What's with you, Scooby-Doo, today on the podcast through the miracle of the internet? I have Billy Shanana Seaguire. Okay, I was wondering what you were going to do with the name. I, uh, but then you went with a sh rather than a s, so it wasn't even in what I thought you... I hadn't prepared. I don't prepare those, but in the car ride earlier, <laughs> it did pop into my head. Yeah. Because, like, it was S, and for some odd reason, it kept going to SH sounds, and I don't know nice. why. So none Dude, of why? those popped up now, but it's fully off the cuff. Okay. Unrehearsed. From the back of my head. And you got Shanana. I did. The 1980s, t- 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 right? TV show? So I, I see in my mind, I'm just going, I had a professor in college who was obsessed with an album. He kept telling me he was going to give it to me, but he right. never got around to it. He was like one of those... He, he, very much like me where it's just like yeah yeah i'll get that to you and like three yeah. years later it's like did you did you are you gonna get that thing to me it's like yes absolutely it's been sitting on a counter <laughs> but uh, yeah i had a uh teacher in high school who was very much like that he was like one of the drama teachers and i remember one day he told us like to clean out the costume room mm-hmm. and so we were cleaning out and we found a pair of pants and in the pair of pants was his wallet <laughs> With his driver's license and all of his cards. Mm. And we gave it to him and he was like, oh yeah, I've been looking for that. That's actually why he asked you to clean it out. He's like, I think it's in there. <laughs> I've got all these unpaid interns. Uh, but so this album, 
it was some kind of group. I don't remember who they were. I remember none of the details. I'm sure somebody can piece this story together into a Google search engine and figure this out. But they hired an Oxford professor of either English or linguistics <laughs> to examine why Beatles songs were so popular. Okay. And this person came up with that it was the excessive use of the word baby. So is this like the Justin Bieber theory? (laughs) Baby, 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 baby. Whole album of that. A whole album of that. (laughs) Wait, that was actually what the album was? Yeah. Yeah. It's them trying to push that theory. And God damn it. I wish I could find it. Right. Well, clearly then, it didn't work. <laughs> right. Right. If it's that difficult to find. Let me throw this at you. Yet. Hmm. Right? It's coming. <laughs> you can't disprove anything, bro. <laughs> Wait, no, you can't prove anything. Wait, which one is it? No, you can't. You can prove things. You can't disprove things. So you're from Scooby-Doo's Scooby-Don'ts. I am. <laughs> Uh, uh, pimp it. Which I believe was the second Scooby-Doo podcast after yours? It's entirely possible. I I remember seeing them come in in a flood. <laughs> yeah. It, it did come in stages. It was really weird to... Because you were, you were the first. Absolutely. True that. And uh, Granddaddy you know, of Scooby-Doo podcast. Credit where credit's due. 2015, <laughs> the time in which Scooby-Doo enters the podcasting sphere. January 4th, 2015. Yeah. I was uh, unemployed and living off of a, uh, a severance agreement <laughs> for three months. It was great. Best yeah. time of my life. See, Amelia and I had the title scooby-doos or scooby-don'ts for like a year and a half before we began we were just like yeah that's a great title for a podcast it's amazing that it hasn't been said more yeah like you google it and it's like okay a kid's book and then a few like links to online articles right scooby-don't yeah that's great um, yeah, so that's fun. That's the podcast that if anybody here listening doesn't know about it, um, my girlfriend Amelia Wellman and I watch every Scooby-Doo episode in chronological order. Mm. Uh, and we are currently... At a lightning pace, I might add. Yes! <laughs> I guess I should have mentioned it's twice a week. Yeah! I do once a week, and I find myself on, like... Saturdays at 3 p.m. being like, oh, geez, I, I don't think it's going to work this week. I don't think it's going to work this week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Twice a week is a challenge. Um, but we did that because we, we we first, we started by laying out all the Scooby-Doo episodes. And we saw by doing it twice a week, it was a four-year project. <laughs> <laughs> that, I'm just banking on longevity, longevity bro. <laughs> right. <laughs> Well, Amelia's thing, she was like, I don't want to do this forever. (laughs) (laughs) If anybody's listening to Scooby-Doo, Scooby-Dones, on brand. (laughs) Yes, exactly. But she is the one who's still still driving it forward. It is very much Amelia's show. She's the one who says, okay, we need to record today. Even during the Scrappy-Doo era. (laughs) She's like, okay, we need to do this. (laughs) Uh, It's gotten so much better since we hit What's New (laughs) Scooby-Doo. 
Billy, a lot of people don't ask you this on your podcast, but um, are you doing okay? I'm all right. <laughs> okay. All right. I just wanted to check in. If you need someone to talk to, ma'am. <laughs> appreciate that. You can take the brunt of it sometimes, and I just, I just want you to know I'm here. <laughs> you know what? That's funny. It's super funny to me that that is like what people have kind of latched onto from the podcast <laughs> because I remember myself listening to a bunch of the early episodes and like I'd be on the bus and I'm just sitting there on the bus listening to Amelia yell at me <laughs> and it was like Amelia was yelling at me all over again and I'm just like why why am I sitting here listening to this <laughs> so I have a different listening experience sure sure you get it twice as bad but I go back now and I listen to some of our early episodes and because mm. I don't remember any of it happening anymore. Yeah. I can totally appreciate it from that perspective and I see what people get about it. Oh, that's interesting. Well, we do typically start off with a little history lesson, a little getting to know you. Uh, I, I guess I, I, I'm just going to ask the typical question. How did you come to our Lord and Savior Scooby-Doo? And then we'll maybe wrap around to why... Scooby-Doo is a thing in Canada. <laughs> right. Well, to surprise you, I never watched Scooby-Doo as a child. Okay. I never did. I think I might have caught my younger cousins watching a VHS one time, which I, I like not caught like, oh my God, what are you doing? It was of showgirls, but let me tell you why that ties in. <laughs> like, I'm pretty sure something around the Zombie Island era, but I didn't really start watching Scooby-Doo until What's New Scooby-Doo, when it was on Kids WB. Ooh, okay. Yeah. Which, did you watch uh, cartoons? I did. I would okay. watch cartoons all the time, um, always have, continue to to this day. <laughs> right. Uh, some would say it's on the resume. Uh, but, like, so, like, you were you an indoor kid? Uh, like, as a kid, like, we would go outside and play. I grew up in a very rural area, so it was like, all right, me and my brother and sister will go out and play with the neighborhood kids out in the woods, and when we hear my dad blow a whistle, we'd come back home. <laughs> I love I love that you, you all are trained. It's not yes. like, Billy, Adam, get in here. It's just like, oh, go. <laughs> Well, look, the voice won't carry that far. We had a large area to play in. Humble brag. Yes. <laughs> oh, and it's all buildings and houses now. <laughs> oh, my God. I have that same thing. I uh, So I grew up all over the place. Like, I, I've lived mm -hmm. in a variety of different places. But one, so when we first moved to Maine, we lived yeah. in, like, this small town that like when i lived there in the early 90s it was like surf bums and blue collar workers and right. in the summer it was like a cheap beach destination so like you know your average person is like we need to go to the beach this is where we're gonna go right mm -hmm. so then we moved in the mid 90s to texas and we came back and all of a sudden all the trees were gone and um. Like, I don't know how much this means to you, but Massachusetts had moved in. Like, right. <laughs> it, it was like the, the all of a sudden, like the suburbs of Boston had like somehow extended to like my little like 
childhood beach town. Right, like it became part of the larger city community. Yeah, right? I, I mean, yeah. I, I don't know how that works. Like Ottawa expanding out? I don't know. Well, no, yeah, you're in the complete wrong area. But <laughs> Brighton's still very small because like Brighton is very much like we have orchards and we have retirees. Mm. That is Brighton. Mm. Um, and also just like, you know, like the, the people who live there, the small town stuff. Um, I remember last time I was back there, there were like signs downtown protesting that a gas station was thinking of coming into town. <laughs> but <laughs> no Irving. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's fun. Yeah. So did you, but like, so what were you watching instead of Scooby-Doo? I'm interested um, by that. Okay. So, um, as a kid, like I was, I was of the Animaniacs generation. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So like Animaniacs, uh, Freakazoid, um, all the uh, Steven Spielberg cartoons. Exactly. Yeah. I am a child of Steven Spielberg. <laughs> uh, well, not in a literal sense. Steve. There's no allegations. Or more but, just um, Paul Rugg. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Anything where Paul Rugg went, a lady. Yes. <laughs> Everybody down. <laughs> oh, make the big noise and everybody get quiet. I'm bringing it up and up. And up. Whoever greenlit Freakazoids. Well, also like a grown ass man who's like a uh, like improv dude from L.A. Yeah, basically. Like, you know make- what the kids love? Jerry Lewis. Jerry Lewis. <laughs> what? What? Uh, Jerry Lewis. Rest in peace. Should thank him because we all found out, like, oh, maybe we should watch Jerry Lewis stuff. Yeah, exactly. He's he's keeping it alive. <laughs> but like, so yeah, I, I watched a lot of that. I watched a lot of um, ABC's One Saturday Morning. I remember uh, was that like Bill, uh, Bill, Bobby's World? Uh, I think so. I know that's where Reboot started. <laughs> The first time I ever watched Reboot was in Canada. Reboot is very Canadian. Yeah. Reboot yeah. had, like, after the second season, America disowned it. Yeah. And then Canada's like, well, fine, we'll just keep making it and we'll make it this dark, lore heavy series. Yeah, it was intense. I remember being, I remember having nightmares. Yes. Interesting. Um, Were you snobby yeah. about your cartoons at a young age? Uh, no, I okay. really yeah, don't yeah. think so. Looking back at what I watched and even like what I watch now, I I think I was very like, if it was on, I'm going to enjoy it. Yeah, yeah, Because like, yeah. I also like the fact that I grew up in this rural town, like I grew up on rabbit ears. So it was pretty much like if, you know, if I move that little dial that moves the antenna, mm-hmm. if a station came in clearly enough to get a cartoon, I'm into it. Right. That's what you're watching. Yeah, but I think that's also why I didn't get into Scooby-Doo, because I don't think any channels that I got carried it at the time. Yeah, yeah, interesting. So I think it was only on, like, the Warner Brothers channels, and that one was fuzzy as fuck. Yeah, so. uh, Turner, pre I don't know, I can't remember when Turner got bought out by WB, but I feel like that was, like, the mid to late 90s. So, like, mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know why I know all of this. Yeah, but that's very hard that you're figuring that Turner... Out. Turner, the like giant conglomerate, uh, bought all of the old like 
Looney Tunes archives and mm-hmm. Hanna-Barbera and merged, and then it became Warner Brothers with, through that whole thing, and then uh, that's when that transition like, happened from Cartoon, Cartoon Network, Network. Right, yeah. Yeah, becoming, like, Hanna-Barbera became Cartoon Network. They were kind of separate, and then they were like, eh, throw it all together. Yeah, and Cartoon Network was something that, like, would never be, like, I... I, I don't think we ever got Cartoon Network. Mm. I think, no, yeah, because in Canada then, like, I was excited just when we got, like, Teletoon, which was, I think that was kind of our version of it. The only ones that, the only Canadian channels I ever knew were uh, around the time when I was getting uh, big into pop punk, mm-hmm. and every single video I would get from, like, Kazaa or whatever, uh, it was... Uh, Music Plus and Fusion. <laughs> that was where I was getting all my like Sum 41 video, like Sum right. 41 live performances were like Music Plus à Québec. <laughs> See, we did, yeah, oh, I didn't even get that. I was like, we okay, TVO. TVO would have been where my main TV watching was as a child. I'm assuming that's that TV w- Ontario? <laughs> that is TV Ontario. Nice. And uh, I would watch a lot of TVO Kids with Patty and Phil. Um, I'm assuming Patty and Phil were real. Yes, they were like real people. It was like they would hang out. It was called the crawl space. Was it? And they would. Do you feel like it was live or pre-taped? Yes, it was definitely live. That's the best. Yeah, they were live. They were they were like the VJs, but like instead of a new music video, they'd be like, "And here's an episode of Arthur or (laughs) Book Mice." (laughs) Wasn't there also a a Canadian Redwall show? Red- oh. oh, did I just stump you? <laughs> no, maybe I'm remember. I know Redwall. I know those books. Right, um, Jacques. <laughs> there might have been, but I don't think it was the, that was in that wheelhouse. Okay, all right, all right. Understandable. No, um, those, I mean, there were a lot of puppet shows. Like, <laughs> oh, we're puppets and we live in a library, and now we're going to tell you how important books are. Uh, uh, yeah, of course. The, it was the off-brand puppet version of wishbone (laughs) oh we got wishbone hell yeah what's the story wishbone Wishbone. what's this you're dreaming of i uh, i remember just being haunted by that one where he does the time machine and he goes into that library and sees all like the dusty computers and he's like seeing the he like touches his paw to one of the books and it crumbles (gasps) and and the like uh lady that's with them is like (laughs) dusty <laughs> Terrifying. Not what was she? Not in not a Morlock. What were the other ones? Wait. The Morlocks were of the future. They were like the underground dwellers, right? Yeah, but this was one of the, like the above dwellers, the ones who mm. were like, "Oh, we just live in pleasure and happiness." So, <laughs> uh uh off-brand David Bowie characters? <laughs> <laughs> That's all I do. <laughs> Every impression, it just ends up being an off-brand David Bowie character. <laughs> I think that was probably a version from something of Diamond Dogs. I don't know. <laughs> Aladdin Sane. Yes. That era. Whatever it was. He had exactly. no eyebrows. Uh, <laughs> I, I, uh... I, I find that, like, more often than not, my go-to is, like, weird, gruff things. Mm-hmm. Like any time I can really dig in, that's when I start to get into my element. And I'm just like, why? Why does that happen? (laughs) 
either that or like you know like someone who's like really annoying like someone who's really annoying <laughs> yeah you see i just you see when i hear that i guess i just go to my dad that's just my dad's voice is that what your yep. dad sounds like yeah that is what, if you look at my hold dad, on my dad, hold on hold on yeah. john seaguire no damn it is it a j it is not <sighs> It is. Are you are you trying to just extrapolate from my personality or from yeah. Scooby Doo's or Scooby Don's episodes? A little bit of both. Uh, I do have an Uncle John, if that makes you feel better. That does make me feel better. Is this yeah. your dad's brother or your mom's? Uh, my dad's. Yes. Yes. That's what I was getting. Yeah, you were you were hearing my uncle. <laughs> this is my off-brand psychicism. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I have approximate knowledge of most things. <laughs> my favorite Adventure Time quote of all time. <laughs> How did you almost know my name? I have approximate knowledge of many things. Okay, that's just Jareth. Jim the human. Oh, no, that's, uh, that's, uh, I've been very patient with you, Sarah. Uh, no, what does he say? He says, I've been, uh, I've been very generous with you, Sarah. Generous? I've bended the rules of time and space. Wouldn't you call that generous? My favorite story from Labyrinth is how he's not actually moving that crystal ball. There was just like a man crouched underneath him being the hands. Yeah, Michael something or other. He invented uh, contact juggling. Yes. <laughs> I think he tried to like teach David Bowie that. And then they're like, no, we'll just have him do it from I'm behind. I'm terribly sorry. I'm far too busy having sex with Miss Jagger. <laughs> If you're so looking up the name, you music. can't look up the name. <laughs> if I'm what? If you're looking up the name of the dude, no research podcast. <laughs> Which do, oh, no, no, no. Don't worry. I'm not looking up that. Perfect. It's That's not that important to me. <laughs> Pretty sure it was Michael Madsen. Yeah, it was it. definitely Michael yeah. Madsen. <laughs> hey, you got, you got any of them uh, balls I can juggle on my hand? <laughs> Stuck in the middle with you. <laughs> That scene from Reservoir Dogs, except he's moving crystals the whole time. <laughs> so, speaking of uh, videos that don't make a ton of sense. Mm -hmm. We did have a music video train there going. It could have been a good segue. It was close. It was close. <laughs> oh. But today we're going to be talking about... Uh, so, you actually followed one of the original ideas of this show, which fell off really quick because I could never find anybody motivated enough. But you actually chose what we were going to watch today. Okay. Yes, I did. And I chose something that Amelia uh, didn't let us cover fully on Scooby-Doo's or Scooby-Don'ts. <laughs> and I thought deserved a full episode. Brilliant. Brilliant. Well, And that is... Buckle up, kids. This is going to be yeah. four hours long. <laughs> <laughs> Land of a Million Drums by Outcast. Yeah. The music video. I'm going to throw something out there. And I feel like... I, I, I'm willing to be wrong on this, but I, I feel like Outcast is not in your wheelhouse as a band. You would be right. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> like I know. Hey, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah, that is Outcast, That's isn't them. it? That's them. That's Outcast. I, I went I listening. Know surface to level Outcast. <laughs> Yeah, listening to this, I was like, oh, I'm not sure I totally know who these people are. And then I was like, oh, that sounds like the dude from Run the Jewels. And then uh, 
autoplay happened and it went to Miss Jackson. I was like, I know this one. And then right. it went to Eminem's Stan. And I was like, now we got it. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm understanding what's happening here. So, uh, you know this purely because it's a Scooby-Doo video? Yes. Okay. It's the only way I've ever seen it is on the DVD special features of Scooby-Doo 2002. Great. Which we have a history with, of course. We do. That was the uh, that was the first time you and I spoke, actually. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> it was on an episode of a podcast named Scooby-Doo where you and I guested uh, to celebrate to the, chat, the anniversary of the movie. To chat with the inimitable Mike Josick. Yes, the man <laughs> who actually knows what he's talking about most of the time. The person who does the most work. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, but, okay, so you... How do you run into this video? Are, do you? So you own the DVD, I'm assuming. I own, yes, yes, Great. I own the DVD of uh, Scooby-Doo. When uh, do you... Actually owned it before we did the podcast. Okay, did you buy it yourself? Or was this, did you inherit this from a roommate? How does this go down? Uh, Amelia bought it. Okay. It's one of Amelia's DVDs. She's the, she is honestly more of the Scooby-Doo fan than I was mm. going into this project. I was just like, that's a great title. So. <laughs> <laughs> I have to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So she has, so, so wait, she has the DVD. Yes. Do <laughs> Hey, uh, so, so what do you want to do for dinner tonight? Ah, you know, I, I'm just so tired. I've had a long day at work. Do you just want to order a takeout and uh, watch uh, the Scooby-Doo live action movie on DVD? Like, is that how this happened? Like, at what point do you start going through this DVD? Easily. It's a very watchable movie. It's very, like, light. It's, it's good to have on when you're just chilling out. And so, we're, we're movie watchers. Like, I don't know how much you know about my actual background um i went to university for film studies okay so i i if you want if you're like hey do you want to watch this movie i'm like you don't need to say any more yes uh both of us are watching i'm literally coming up to toronto so we can both watch now you see me together okay (laughs) this is happening Because you just opened up a can of worms. Oh, oh yeah, dear. you want to watch this movie? Yeah, we're watching Now You See Me. Not the director's cut. <laughs> so hey, side, side note about that. Yeah. Why is the sequel not called Now, now You, you don't? don't? Right? It makes I, no sense. I can sense. only understand in terms of like brand identity of them being like, well, I don't know if it did well enough for them to just assume it's the sequel to Now You See Me. I love that you're still Canadian while putting on an executive. I don't know. <laughs> See, that's just, that was not a voice. That's just literally you identifying my Canadian accent. Like, if I were actually doing a Canadian accent, I'd do it a little more harder than that, eh? Sure, sure. Y'all can just fuck off with what you're doing. Also Michigan. <laughs> Bobby, don't you know? <laughs> Uh, but it, yeah, now you don't is the obvious sequel title. Yeah, but I think also what was it actually called? Just now you see me too. Yep. Couldn't you subtitle it? Couldn't you subtitle it? The other part of that is that I don't know why they actually tried with now you see me too. Like they tr- like 
I don't know. They they had like a uh, a tack board of index cards. I don't know how it worked, but they actually tried with the second movie, and it that's why it that is why you fail. <laughs> <laughs> Like, they didn't try with the first one. They were like, ah, yeah. fuck it, Mark Ruffalo's in this movie. <laughs> what can go wrong? And it was like, great, everything can go wrong. <laughs> and that's why it's amazing. Aww. Anyways, I, uh, sorry, I got sidetracked. <laughs> but, so, so you what? went to school for film studies, so you yeah. don't turn on anything. Yes. How do you react to anything? You know, hashtag anything. Like, as, as a bit of metadata. Like, are you critical? Do you enjoy things? Do you get snobby about shit? How does that work? I, I don't get snobby. And I feel like this is something where people sometimes get frustrated with me. Whereas, okay. like, I will probably like most of what I watch or else I will try to see what I like about it. Being optimistic about it. Exactly. Like, okay. I'll be like, okay, this, what were they trying to do here? <laughs> like, what makes this interesting? Like, I watched Scooby-Doo, uh, the live action movie, and I'm just like, Matthew Lillard is giving his all into this. Ah, interesting that you go for that performance. I think Stephen Grimes is the it take all for me in that movie. <laughs> when he sits down at that goddamn piano. Oh, the piano is great. It's a good gag. It's a I good always- gag. For some reason, in my mind, I always flip a switch and think that role is being played by Hank Azaria. (laughs) But it's not. It's a different man. Some, like, remotely, like, Ashkenazi-looking dude. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Hank Azaria, notoriously okay with playing multiple ethnicities. Well, not recently. He's, uh... I'm very happy with how he has handled that whole rigmarole. Yeah, it, it was a, it was a, it was a changeover. But yeah. uh, <laughs> yes. So, like, what's the worst thing you've watched that you've been like, that you've like not fought for necessarily? Like, this is good, but like, I had fun. Like, why is everybody giving me shit? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Probably pretty notoriously. Uh, a 1986 uh, Wonderful World of Disney movie, Mr. Boogity. Okay. Okay. Uh, which we actually covered this on a Film Runners podcast, which is a second podcast I do. Okay. Uh, side plugs. That's fine. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Side plugs. <laughs> side plugs. <laughs> At least I'm not name dropping, Mike. Hashtag uh, side plugs. <laughs> <laughs> I was talking to John Colton Barry about it recently. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I think it was a movie that literally like gave me nightmares as a child. Mr. Boogity. Mr. Boogity. Hmm. Where the villain's catchphrase is, Boogity! Okay. Boogity! Boogity! John Astin. Not even a boo? I don't think he says boo. I think it's Boogity Boogity. boogity. Alright, okay, alright. You know what? These guys came, these guys were uh, interns on the Smothers Brothers show. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, the people who wrote this were like, they were like, we saw the original Hollywood. (laughs) We know what we're doing. They sold that in the room. And then Disney's like, alright, yeah, send us a script. They were like, we don't have time to rewrite it. (laughs) Give it to John Astin. (laughs) 
He can carry it. Genius. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, I'm just going to say it like this. Is that your Aston? Nope. Yes. <laughs> Embarrassingly enough, yes. See, I was gonna, I was gonna do my own, but then I'm like, well, that's gonna be worse than what his was. So please do it. Look, <laughs> this is my podcast. Make me look better. Dish. That's French. <laughs> you, you know, that's John Aston. If he was very much from New York. Dish. <laughs> hey, this is my John Aston. <laughs> hey. Oh, sorry, that was Sean Aston. <laughs> if I take one more step. It's the farthest I've ever been from the Shire. <laughs> Don't you go looking at that, Mr. Frodo. <laughs> I can't carry the ring, but I can carry you. There's nothing like I love how Game of Thrones, like Lord of the Rings had a whole era of we're not entirely sure how accents can work in a mythical world, but we're going to try. <laughs> And then Game of Thrones was like, hold my beer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, we, we're going to make this a whole nother world of people in weird, off-brand British accents just talking in a gruff voice. <laughs> what do you think is the best, what does that mean, accent in Lord of the Rings? Because I, I might give it to Viggo Morganson. Yeah. Yeah, his is pretty good in that kind of, like, because Sean Bean just does, like, kind of very low-key Irish. He's mm-hmm. very good at it. Because it's his accent. <laughs> exactly. It helps. Yeah, right? It's like being like, oh, Ian McKellen, you're pulling off that British accent really well. <laughs> you shall not. You know. Uh... <laughs> stop one word short of the quote. Yeah, right? It's, it's, it's like you stop the chord progression right before it resolves and people are like, oh, I gotta keep listening. Um, I... Um, I, I kind of think, <sighs> oh my God, why am I blanking on his name? Frodo, Ethan, no. No, fr- oh, Elijah Wood. Elijah. More biblical. Uh, I think he kind of does my favorite sort of like, look, this is the accent I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> they were like, do you want to work maybe a little bit more? No. This is the accent I'm doing. Okay, great. Oh, Gandalf. <laughs> okay, great. But ah, for Christ's sake, like everybody in Game of Thrones is like so much fun because it, they're all accents unto themselves. They're just, they're just living their own lives. It really is. Like, and everything is like glancing off of like Welsh or something. <laughs> I don't know what it is. It's like all the tangents, like to the curve of you know. Uh, uh, I believe the term is derivative. Hmm. All my math nerds out there, come at me. <laughs> Where are my math nerds at? So we're gonna talk about this Outcast video. We are very soon. We're getting to it. <laughs> Four-hour version. Come on. Is the bit that we never get to the video? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Is that the bit? We'll find out. <laughs> uh, c- come with us like, on this journey. I feel like you and I alone are not good for tangents. <laughs> or we're, we're very good for tangents, but we we're just need, not good. Yeah, we need that yeah. like anchor person. <laughs> I, like Amelia's going to walk through at 9.30 tonight <laughs> and be like, 
oh my god, are you still doing that? And it's the only way she'll ever go on another Scooby-Doo podcast by being yes. in the background. <laughs> oh, perfect. So, uh, well, okay. So here, here's another question. What kind of music do you listen to? Because so you're going through this DVD and you're mm. like, Outcast, I listen to hip hop or Outcast. It's just Scooby-Doo related. Like, what are you listening to on the, like on the reg? Let, let's go with like uh, informative years. So you are first getting into like, I listen to this kind of music. What do you listen to? Right. Um, oh, you see, I'm, I'm bad with that question because my formative years of like listening to music was like nothing. I had no musical taste. Well, right. I so- was, I was like, oh, let's go on this online file sharing site. What music should I download? Weird I don't out. know. A hoedown from Whose Line Is It Anyway? That's what I'll listen to. <laughs> Nick, I, I went down to the doctor CDs. and I just want to say I went down to the doctor just the other day. I went down to the doctor just to hear him say, you need a shot and it's going to be painful. <laughs> Fucking whose line hoedowns yes. are the best. They are. Um, the early, like, Clive Anderson ones especially. Oh, my God. Oh, the- my God. The best are those of the British people who have never heard a hoedown before in their life. Or, like, someone who's new to the series and is like, oh, I guess I'll just do this little tune. Where it's like, that's not the tune, Jody. That's also, not what we do here. There's an episode with George Went. <laughs> Yes. Where he does not give a fuck. <laughs> and he's just like, what? Like, this is have a dumb game. Have you seen the episode game. with Stephen Fry? No. Oh, I have to look that there one up. There was a Stephen Fry episode, and, and he's like, like, oh, uh, I went down uh, to, the, to the market uh, j- uh, just the other day, <laughs> uh, and I, I said to, to the fellow, um, I, <laughs> it's just absolutely... But no. Also, like anytime you're on with Wayne Brady, like why like y- the only game you can play is to make it not good. You know what I'm saying? Like right. to make it as not good as possible while still like, you know, playing the game and and not just being like for the entire yes. duration of it. Like Wayne Brady is like if you're on with that caliber, he's going to be so good at it that to do something good isn't going to be good. Mm-hmm. So you have you gotta to take fun. the uh, the Colin Mockery model of having just a structure <laughs> that you do every time. Right. Yeah, exactly. Oh, my God. That I watched that show. I I got Comedy Central in 1990. I probably had it early on, but I didn't watch it as much. Mm hmm. But I like early '90s was probably when I got it, and I would just literally put a VHS in the VCR, set it to that channel, press the power button to turn off the TV itself, but not the cable box, right? And just hit record. And I, for like probably ten years, I just had like VHS after VHS of just hours, like like ten hours of Comedy Central. Nice. <laughs> and I would just go through and watch Win Ben Stein's Money and uh, uh, Comedy Central Presents and Whose Line Is It Anyways? It's a good lineup. 
probably also explains Infor- I can- it explains a lot nick yeah i'm not gonna it- lie it explains a lot yep <laughs> but to get back to your question yeah um my musical music taste. um so like generally like my my favorite artist of all time is david bowie okay i will listen to anything of david bowie's um including songs like dancing with the big boys okay. uh, from his 80s hits <laughs> All right. Um, but like David I Bowie. I will say that uh, I, re- I rebought Hunky Dory on vinyl, but the only album, the only original pressing I've ever bought of David Bowie is uh, Glass Spiders, right? The Glass Spider Tour? No. Wait, what's the name of the album? Is it Glass Spider Webs? No. Um, it's like a shitty it 80s like? album that everybody hates. What's the cover? Is it Tonight? I think it's called Glass. I think it's, it's Glass not. something or other. There's no David Bowie album that's called Glass something. I'm going to break my own rule and look it up just because I need to know. David. Nope. David Bowie. Glass. There's not. It's an, it, 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 may, it may be a bootleg. You brought a bootleg, Nick. Album. Glass Spider. Oh, Glass Spider Tour. Yeah. I might have like a weird off brand (laughs) David Bowie album. I mean, I'll never find it because my my whole life is a mess. (laughs) But anyways, so David Bowie, everything. So when did you first come into contact with the... I almost said the purple one. That's the wrong guy. That's Prince. They died yep. the same year. Yeah. So crazy, crazy. Mm-hmm. Both insanely talented. Yes. Probably one crazier than the other. Uh, yeah, I will say David Bowie was always like, I will be insane on stage, but then I'm going to come home and have dinner with my family. Prince is like, good all the time. Fish guy. Yeah. So. Um, yeah. So like, when did I start listening to David Bowie? Sure, quickly. Probably, probably not until like university, actually, or maybe late high school, because I was into Queen first. Okay. Um, and like was I go through under that pressure. Like, your inlet. I think so. Okay. I think that's what got me through. All right. Do we do under pressure as David Bowie and Scooby Doo? No, we did Peace on Earth, Little Drummer Boy. But do we do it in the oh, future? Oh, do we do it? Yeah. We good. Now? (laughs) Maybe we should throw it out as a Twitter poll. Okay. All right. Great. People are still waiting for me to do me and my shadow demon. So. Me and my. (laughs) Oh, God. That is the worst song ever. Yeah. (laughs) Speaking of 13 Ghosts of Scooby-Doo, it comes up in this video. It does. So From Killer Mike. So I don't know what you wanted to do here with one with one of your long distance guests because I haven't rewatched the video today. Oh wow, I've watched it three times. Okay, today. So I guess if you can take four minutes twenty three seconds out of your schedule. there's like super eight footage in this like how every now and then it'll just cut to like a little like smaller box of like footage they shot themselves i guess that adds to like the 70s aesthetic of it 
Is there a 70s aesthetic? Is there like, any era aesthetic to it? I don't know. It does it does hark on the 13 ghosts of Scooby-Doo a lot. <laughs> uh, well, not a lot. A Stole the Scooby a snacks. Who? I suspect the 13 ghosts of Scooby-Doo. <laughs> that that rap breakdown, honestly, like, is or what, what, what would that be called in music? <laughs> Because this is why I wanted that's to do just a, That's just another verse. Uh, but that's okay. Killer Mike, who's from uh, Run the Jewels. Okay. See, these are the details I needed. Because <laughs> I'm watching this, and, like, I enjoy it, and I see what they're doing, but I have no business talking about it. <laughs> so... I feel like one of your get like you know how you have guests on who have never seen Scooby Doo before and yes. then they're just they're chatting with you and talking about what Thelma did. <laughs> yeah, and- the most common uh, thing ever is people saying Thelma instead of yes. Velma. Exactly, which and makes so- me so happy every time it happens. Yeah, I love that you don't correct them at all anymore. Never. Um, but yeah, so that's kind of how I'm gonna feel now talking about this. So that puts me in an interesting position, and I'm happy I'm on your show doing it. Do you listen to any hip-hop casually? Um, casually, like, more so now than I ever have before. Sure. Um, like, I mean, I'm of the generation now where it's like, oh, Janelle Monet and Childish Gambino? Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Was that your inlet, or did you get in before then? I feel like I've gotten in bits and pieces before. Um, I have friends who listen to to a lot of rap and stuff like, mm. you know, like, uh, you know, listen to Kanye. But around like the 808s and Heartbreaks era. Yeah, I, I can't stand Kanye. But yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, just yeah, I, I've tried so many times yeah. to get into it. But like, like my tastes are eclectic. I, I go all over the place. Like I talk about Bowie, but I also like I listen to a lot of Britpop like. I still have a, a nice warm spot in my heart for Marilyn Manson. Yeah. Um, beautiful people. Exactly. The beautiful people. He did one of relative. my favorite Gary Newman covers of all time. Oh, any Gary Newman covers. Mm. I love Gary Newman. So. We're in the building where they make us grow and I'm frightened by the Lickland engineers like, like you. you. Wait. The sound of metal. You're thinking of Nine Inch Nails. Oh, is that Trey Reznor? No, Nine Inch Nails covered covered metal. All right. Okay. Yeah, they, did, well. and they did it with Gary Newman at one point. So that Seriously? was Seriously? Yeah. God Gary damn. Newman, like, if you've, have you ever listened to any, like, latter-day Gary Newman stuff? Yes. Yeah. It's, like, super Nine Inch Nails inspired. Yeah. I always love how uh, he constantly is a reference on the Mighty Boosh. <laughs> Yes. Oh, my God. And when he shows up one time, he just, like, waves. Oh, Gary Newman took us in his plane over. <laughs> God damn, that show's so good. Anyways. Yes. Anyway, so, yeah. Um, Not very familiar. More just, like, I don't know. I don't know where to start. Mm. And, like, I don't know. I know that feeling very well. well There's a lot out there in the world. Yes. Of, of all music. There's too much. Uh, And so... Hip hop for me, it was a um, a combination of I uh, grew up I grew up listening to oldies mm-hmm. that was and anything playing in the house. Uh, my mom would listen the to music like, of the seventies, eighties, and today. Uh, so I am an accident child, meaning that uh, my parents were much older when they had me. So my listening to my mom's 
music was the music of the 50s and 60s. Right. How like okay, how old uh, how old were your parents when they had you? Uh my, my parents my parents were in their 30s. So I was born in 86 and my right. mom was born in 44. Okay. So she would have been 42. Okay, so yeah, they they were like a little bit older cuz like I had I had the aspect of having like kind of older parents as well. Yeah. Yeah, so I mean like growing up I was listening to The Hollies and uh The Association, you know. Now my empty cup is as sweet as the punch punch. So watching Scoop original Scooby Doo where they had the Flower Power soundtrack, like <laughs> you're like this is so transgressive. Secret word. I was like this is the music I listen to. <laughs> I was like, are you kidding me? Something that sounds like the monkeys? Yes! But, so then, uh, obviously, you rebel. And I got into, like, metal and hard rock and uh, new metal, <laughs> which I don't recommend to any anybody under the age of, uh, like, 25 who listens to this who's like, new metal? Should I l- get into this? No! <laughs> No! No one should ever get into that. I still listen to it to this day, but do not get into it. Keep the prog metal, everybody. Oh, my God. Keep rolling, 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 rolling. What? I did it all for the nookie. What? Oh, God. Yeah, no. No, new metal. New metal is of the era. Did you hear the place where a uh, 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 friend of the show, Krista Rollins, sent me an article the other day? The place where most of those original new metal albums were recorded burned down? That's on brand. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, years later. It was, like, a gorgeous, like, ranch out in the middle of, like, the mountains of, I think, maybe, like, Malibu or something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> God, now I'm just imagining those like new metal albums, but being recorded in Malibu. Like the most like go- it a little. you know, sunshine over palm trees, and they're like, I'm so depressed. Are you fucking kidding me right now, dude? Uh <laughs> but scolding them. So then uh I because of that, it like kind of glanced into like Anthrax did a collaboration with Public Enemy. So then I got into Public Enemy. So then, you know, you start to get into that. And also, I've always been into, like, the, like, early hip-hop, not hip-hop, but rap aesthetic of, like, and I'm walking down the street, and I'm looking at my feet, and wouldn't you know it, I'm counting about it, you know? Yeah. I love that to this day. Jump around. (laughs) Jump around. You pick the white dudes from Boston? I don't know, Nick. I don't know what I'm talking about. House of Pain? Jump up, jump up, and jump down. Uh, word to the cops. I came to drop... Uh, wait. I got more rounds than a bottle of Scott but he get a Terminator, like Arnold Schwarzenegger, trying to play me up like if... if you, oh, Jesus Christ, I'm not going to remember the lyrics to that now. I used to know them all. You know what I can still do all the lyrics to, though? Uh, I'm sure I'll find out. 
I like big butts and I cannot lie. You other oh, butts can't, can't deny. Then when a girl walks in with an itty-bitty waist and a round thing in your face, you get sprung. Huh, what to pull it out tough because you knows that butt was stuffed. Deep in the jeans she's wearing. I'm hooked and I can't stop staring. Oh, baby, I want to get with you and take your picture. My homeboys try to warn me, but I bet you got mixed. Oh, that was your inlet. It was. <laughs> And you saved the podcast. Thank you for not saying it. So the, the land of a million drums. The premise of this video is that the so the 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 duo, I, I had to look yeah. all this up. The duo that their is, names are Shaggy and Scooby. Nope. Outcast <laughs> is what I'm talking about currently. Uh is hanging out with Scooby. No, is hanging out with Shaggy. They couldn't spring for the CGI dog. Scooby's in that a little bit. Like, they, they reuse some footage from the movie yeah, for yeah. the main part. Yeah, there's, like, what amounts to stock footage. Yes. But, so the idea is that they're all hanging out at a uh, a diner. Yeah, called, like a drive-in diner. Yeah, called Cadillac Jacks. And that they decide to relocate the party to the abandoned mansion from either the Bill Pullman Casper movie or the Backstreet's Back video? I'm not entirely sure which one it is. But during this process, all their Scooby snacks are stolen, and that uh, is the extent of the plot. Yeah, and then Killer Mike is on the case. Yes. Killer Mike, because honestly, Shaggy really seems like, all right, I'll get some other Scooby snacks. But Killer Mike is like, no, I'm making calls. I'm getting people in here. I'm going to get to the bottom of this. At this point, Matthew Lillard is stoked to be in this video, right? Yeah, Matt, through the whole thing. This is on brand for Matthew Lillard, 100%. Yeah, this feels more Matthew Lillard than Shaggy. Like, this feels like what Matthew Lillard is. This is who he's hanging out with on the weekends. Did you ever listen to, I don't know if this has come up previously, but did you ever listen to that uh, Wired podcast interview with Matthew Lillard? He talks about this this stage of his life. No, I haven't listened to the podcast. I listened to, uh, like, I saw the clip of him talking about how he would, like, scream in his car to get the shaggy voice right. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the AV club thing. So he was on, I think it was the Wired podcast, and he's talking about, like, this stage of his life. Like, he, you know, by this point, he had done SLC Punk. He had Mm -hmm. done Scream. He gets Long in the past. Right. He gets offered Scooby-Doo. He does it. And the way he talks about it gets a redonkaconk amount of money to do this. Right. And is on top of the world. Like, this is, this is, like, if you were Justin Bieber level of, like, I have no responsibilities, I don't know what I'm doing with my life, and I can do anything. Like, that's kind of where he's at. Mm-hmm. And that shows in the video. <laughs> Right? Like this is this is Matthew Lillard going off the rails in a structured Scooby-Doo environment. Well, and it it seems like an amplified version of the Shaggy he plays in the movie, right? Yes, absolutely. He's still in character as Shaggy. This is his versions like, of Shaggy. <laughs> yes. Um <laughs> And I mean this is kind of like the version of Shaggy where it's like if you're going to pass him a joint, he's not going to say no. Yeah, yeah, 
Yeah, this is playing up the age-old, uh, you know, Jay and Silent Bob strike back yes. stereotype of, uh, 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 we call them doobie snacks, you know, mm-hmm. which I, they, they play up on in this, in the actual rap. They say, uh, uh, going for doobie snacks. Yeah, and they say, they say that he's lost his baggie of mm. Scooby Snacks as well. Yeah, I was watching and the I YouTube version. I don't version. know if you're aware, uh, Nick, but oftentimes an illicit substance will be sold in a baggie. No, I'm n- I've never done drugs. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> listeners, uh, faithful listeners so this, of this uh, podcast, this, don't this, uh, chime visit, in. <laughs> this visit to uh, Canada, is it before or after October 17th? Oh, what's happening on October 17th? Legalization in the country. Yep. Holy shit. Are you uh, so? so it, does that mean like stores and stuff, like dispensaries it, and things? It's like going that? to be different um, in terms of what each province is doing. Uh, hmm. In Ontario, there are going to be uh, like we have a beer store, and that's really like the main spot where you can buy beer in Ontario. And now there's also going to be. Like the Ontario Cannabis Store. Is it... uh, Which is a provincial run store where you would go in and buy, like, from behind the counter, your specific version of cannabis. Each province has its own... Yeah, like, certain provinces are going to be like, yeah, you can buy it in Starbucks. Yeah, Quebec is not going for that. No. (laughs) And it really depends on, on who is in power in each province ontario is well okay i don't want to talk about who's in power in ontario right now but (laughs) really really is it tough for you is it tough for you up there in canada okay well i'm down here in america you know ontario yes (laughs) did you did you live have you heard heard about ontario politics recently have you heard about the fucking united states of america (laughs) Good point. We're not putting children in cages up here. So, yeah, yeah, it's tough. It's tough for everybody. How about yeah. uh, both sides? Both sides have a lot. <laughs> Did that make it up? Thank God. Uh, <laughs> it, it all, Nick. Nick, it all made it up. We Twitter is a wonderful thing. Uh, <laughs> so, the, so yeah, they're hanging out. <laughs> At, at the drive-in at first. There are like 75 threads. what Outcast is driving? Uh, so, Andre 3000 is... Well, all the cars are like weird-ass vintage cars. And yeah. so, here's, here's the other thing. I don't know what's a reference and what is just like them being... Because... 2000 like early 2000s and the 90s there was a lot of like eh this looks cool throw it in a video mm-hmm. like i remember watching like mtv2 around this time uh because mtv no longer played videos music television man and they don't play music uh, uh shut up uh and mtv2 started playing the videos and it's like a scooby-doo podcast that doesn't talk about scooby-doo right (laughs) tell me about it uh have you ever heard anyway back to mtv (laughs) right so they mtv2 uh was playing music videos around this time and they all were like eh is this fun i don't know Uh, what wasn't a live concert footage in a field was like man just keep throwing shit in here right and Cadillac Jacks. I don't know if that's a reference. 
the cars. I don't know if those are references. I could maybe say like I don't know. It kind of looks like Archie's car, <laughs> like <laughs> jalopy. I'm not a car. Are you a car guy? I'm did, not a car guy. Did Archie or Jughead have the jalopy? Archie had the jalopy. Okay. Jughead doesn't own wheels. Okay. Uh, jalopy in my head is uh, it's tied up with the Hardy Boys uh, friend whose name I can't remember right now. Oh, I couldn't tell you anybody in the Hardy Boys universe anymore, and I read so many of them. Was it Chubb? It, it was like. It was like chubby or something like that. It was <laughs> that, like a, that rings true. It was like a cute 1950s, somewhat abusive nickname. Yeah. He had a jalopy. Anyways. Because those boys were like 17 or something, too, if I recall. Right? What age do you picture the gang at ideally? Actual uh, Scooby-Doo question. Actual Scooby-Doo question. Um... I, th- I think probably, like, the best age for them to be would be, like, between, like, 15 and 17. Like, that that's teenager era, um, with Velma probably being a little bit younger. Yeah, I'm talking about all of Scooby-Doo, not of necessarily Scooby-Doo. just... Oh, hey, my toilet paper was delivered. Uh, <laughs> not, like, all of Scooby-Doo, not just, like, o- OG or, like... One specific era. Well, because it, it's all different, and it all treats the gang differently. A lot of the OG Scooby-Doo, you can see them as being, like, in their 20s. Yeah. Or... Um, because they go to, 14. like, a high school reunion. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. And yet they're all hanging out with the kids at the malt shop. Yes. It's... it's. Well, I kind of see, like, the original continuity as kind of, like, progressing to a point. Yeah. And, like, hey, that's why they split up, because they're no longer in school together. Right. I would see, like, 19 to 23 would be, like, ideal Scooby gang. That's, like, ideal. Overall, (laughs) in the plot, for me, 19 to 23. It's, like, dumb enough where you're not, like... There's some shit going down. We need to not be here. Like, you're still dumb enough not to have that instinct. Like, it's their senior year of high school. Or, like, uh, they're, they're, out of college, they're out of high school, they didn't go to college, and they're just in a van together. <laughs> you See, know that's what I'm sad saying? for Velma, though, I find. Well, just graduated. Everyone else has been out. She's going along with them and then, you know, realizes her potential. She takes a, right, Canada's uh, UK influence. Do you guys have gap years, right? Yeah, we do. I, hey, I, I took an extra year of high school, actually. So, Great. Of yeah. just like, hey, I don't know what I'm doing yet. I wish I had done that. Gap year. <laughs> Mom, victory lap. <laughs> Uh, it was it was uh, it was like half because I didn't know what I wanted to do yet, half because I wanted to do the next year's play. <laughs> Somehow, you being a theater nerd makes me feel like great. It just makes <laughs> me feel right with the universe. Right. You know. What was your you favorite th- play that you did? Uh, okay, so what well, in in high school? Um, what were the plays we did? I didn't do it in grade nine. In grade 10, we did Les Miserables. 
<laughs> Victor Hugo, sure. Yes. Um, uh, grade 11, we did Nicholas Nickleby. Uh, grade 12, we did Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat. Okay. Because, yeah, let's do a super religious play for a public school. That's a great idea. Who were you in Les Mis? Uh, I was just like an extra in okay. Les Mis. I was one of like At the... At the end of the day, you're not any older. Yes. <laughs> Red, okay. the blood of angry men. Black, Black the dark of ages past. past. <laughs> Red and yellow and green. <laughs> Very color-centric high school plays. Yeah, right? Yeah. I mean, I, and I think out of those, I, I, I think I liked Les Mis the best because it was the most grandiose. Going yeah. from Les Mis um, to then going, like, to Joseph, which was in the years where I could actually get, like, a good part in it. Mm. And you're it like, felt... I'm getting a good part for this? Yes. Exactly. I, I, I did get to play Potiphar, mm. letting out my mighty roar. Do you want to do you want to uh, burn that on this podcast, or do you want to wait for another podcast to do the? I roar? don't want to do that to my Yeti Blue. Okay, cool. <laughs> so, understandable. Okay. I was angsty that year. It was a great year to roar for two days a week. <laughs> You're pulling out your new metal scream, exactly. <laughs> Lincoln Park style. <laughs> So, uh, what was the senior year? Uh, grade twelve, I think you call it. Yeah, yeah. Grade the grade twelve was um, that that was Joseph, and then in my like victory lap, that's mm-hmm. um, the uh, one you stayed in high school to do. Yeah. So you oh. stay you stayed so, behind. So that was, they did a musical every other year. Okay. So then that was a non-musical year, but it was a murder mystery, and I played the detective. Was it, uh, uh, what's the one, what's the it, big it one? Was, it was, well, no, it wasn't that one. Okay. Uh, but it was While the Lights Were Out. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah. Not. Which, the oh my god, something. how many times that year we sang. Because <laughs> baby, when the lights go out. <laughs> Oh God! Yeah. So, what do you think of the obvious? Like, so, so, like Matthew Lillard is like leaning against the mystery machine, mm-hmm. like obviously, I, I, like on ecstasy. Like, I'm not entirely sure what's happening. Well, I. Th- all right, let's look at this. Okay, I have I have it up now. I'm I'm playing it on silent. He okay. he comes by. He leans up. The other guy's like, "Big boy." Oh, okay. No, Shaggy hands him the keys because Shaggy's like, "I'm not good to drive." Yeah, he's responsible. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Interesting. Uh, but yeah, so Big Boy drives Shaggy to the party. Mm-hmm. So that's Big Boy. Yeah, so that's okay. Big Boy. The uh, I had to, I had to look all this up. The bandana is Andre th- Andre three thousand. I know I knew Andre three thousand. Yep. he's he's recognizable. And then Killer Mike is the one that I knew. Yes, because I've uh, listened to Run the Jewels. Uh, that's not a humble brag. That's just <laughs> <laughs> that's just a true fact. Yeah, I actually got into yeah. Run the Jewels. So, yeah, Thank you. They're they're driving. 
Shaggy's having a damn good time. Like he is grooving out to this song. Well, and like and and like saying lines along with him, right? He's doing yeah. like he's doing I feel like what it's like to be with me in a car, like <laughs> when I'm drunk or like high or something. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, like, oh, this is my favorite part of the song, man. Like, let's get into this part. And it's like, can you not? I'm driving right now. And then they pull up to like what you say is is the mansion from Casper, which I think was the <laughs> best version. Bill so, Pullman's Casper. Yeah. Um, and I'm giving him credit for that whole movie. Yeah, he's the Eric, only one. Eric Idle was in that movie. Yeah. Bill Pullman and just be got a Billy. Bitch <laughs> just like you. <laughs> I have no more business. Can you believe that was in the Casper movie? Uh, which takes place in Friendship, Maine? Yeah. Real place, by the way. It, what? Yeah, that's a real place. It's not filmed there, but it's a real place. I would have thought that would be like a name they came up with in the 30s. Nope. <laughs> like a fictional town. Like, what's the name of the town? I don't know. Friendship. Yeah, Friendship, sure. Maine. It's real. All right. I think it's on the border of New Hampshire. Not so it wouldn't be on the coast. Right. But, yeah. Yeah. Bill Pullman. Our Independence <laughs> Day! Right? Yeah, that's him. <laughs> what is the most iconic Bill Pullman role? Is it, it, that? Has, it has to be Independence Day. It has to be. I mean, he's great in Casper. Don't get me wrong. Yes. That's life. That's what people say. He also has the most amazing arc in that movie. Like, I feel like his, like him trying and giving up and being given a reason to care. Like, he literally dies and he, yeah. like, has to find a reason to live again. You know what I'm <laughs> saying? Like, I feel like that's, like, a good arc. Oh, wow. See, I like things like that. That's what I like in watching movies, to find, like, oh, it was about something the whole time. <laughs> It wasn't about Dan Aykroyd in the in the shitty knockoff no. Ghostbusters outfit with the horrible mustache. It wasn't about like a young boy who awakened women's sexual feelings as children. <laughs> it was about Bill Pullman's character. <laughs> well, and Christina Ricci kind of like, you know, uh, coming to terms with where she fit, fits in the family dynamic, you know? Right. It's good. It's good. Is it as strong an arc, though, as literally having to find a reason to live? Uh, yeah, like, it's the most <laughs> Campbellian fucking bullshit ever. <laughs> he literally dies and comes uh, back. <laughs> I haven't seen Casper in years. So. How much fucking Christ can we get in this? <laughs> <laughs> The writers literally have like Hero of a Thousand Faces on the table. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. I haven't thought about Casper that much since seeing this like interior footage, and I was like, "God damn, that looks like Casper." Yeah. <laughs> or Backstreet's Back, which was the same plot. <laughs> you ever watched Scream Queens? No, I haven't yet. With uh, Billy Piper, right? Uh, no. No. Mm. No. Um, nope. Emma Billy. Roberts. Wait. Isn't Carrie Scream Fisher's Queens. kid's name yes. Billy? Yes. 
Yeah, but not Billy. Billy Piper is Rose in Doctor Who. Right. Okay. You're Billy Fisher. Billy Fisher. Is that it? No, I don't think it is. No, I don't think she has that name. No, I think she has another one. Yeah, but it's not Billy Piper. Billy Piper is Doctor Who. Right. Big teeth. Like, I'm not willing to commit to that. Yeah. I'm not. She's a lovely woman, Nick. We will not disparage her that way. What says that I was disparaging? Big teeth? Come on. I feel like I'm starting to get to, like, my mother. (laughs) Like, like, because my mother grew up in the time that she did. Right. Like, she, she, like, she casually will say oriental. Right. And I'm like, Mom, you can't say that. And she's like, they're from the Orient. <laughs> and I'm like, that. Ah, okay, am I really ever going to win this argument? No. Yeah, probably not. Big teeth. <laughs> <laughs> she's great. She's great. Yeah. Uh, her music career, not so much. But great. She's great. Diary of a Call Girl, right? Yeah. There was a, there was an episode of that that Matt Smith was in. Classic. Yeah. So hey, doctors and companions. So, what did you think of the creepy old guy here, the the villain of the piece? Which I'm not that up on. I couldn't. I know it was Big Boy in the Mystery Machine driving Shaggy. Yeah. At what point does he transition to being the man in the mask? Was it Big Boy? Was it the same guy? Who's is it? Well, they pull off his mask at the end. And I I was like, is that Big Boy? I this don't know. This is why I'm here with you, Nick, because I didn't want to say it was Big Boy if I didn't know. <laughs> I was, I was like, hoping you would figure this out. Is it another black guy with a goatee who we're all supposed to know who he is? <laughs> This is our problem. That's yeah, two yeah. white guys having a podcast. <laughs> That's the problem of podcast. Yeah. It's the original sin of podcasting. <laughs> Doughy white men talk about pop culture. Hi, you're listening to every other podcast. So, I think it's Big Boy. And... Because then, because they, but they get to the mansion and then he's the one stealing the Scooby snacks. Yeah. And then they unmask him. It it would make narrative sense if it was him because he first sees, like, he's the one who gets Shaggy to this mansion he wouldn't otherwise go to. Well, and he's not the one who informs us of the stolen Scooby snacks. Killer Mike is once we get to the mansion. Yeah, if this was an episode of the new Scooby-Doo movies, Killer Mike would be the guest. (laughs) I've always said that Snoop Dogg would be the best. (laughs) I've recently amended that. Uh, I think Aquabats would be the best. (laughs) The Aquabats are like, if somehow, uh, uh, what's the new series called? Guess who, Scooby-Doo? Yeah. If it makes it to a second season, if the Aquabats aren't on it, like, I'm going to riot. I'm going to one-man riot. <laughs> Have they announced all the guests in the first season already? Yeah, I think so. It's like okay. Sia, uh, Penn and Teller, uh, I don't know who else. Urkel. Yeah, Urkel. Uh, but I'm very excited for the Urkel episode. I think we had a Twitter exchange. Is it going to be Urkel or 
Stephen Urkel. Right. Stefan. Stefan, right. It's got to be Urkel, though. Did I do that? You can't, though, because what if what if it's Stefan under the mask? Oh, because if you recall, at one point, Urkel did use a a machine to make a clone of himself. But then the clone of himself took the permanent Stefan Urkel solution. Yeah. First of all, I will not remember that. And (laughs) but also like. So then you you have to pair Urkel with Shaggy and Scooby, right? And then that's just too much screwing up. Mm. Well, then maybe you can't pair them. Maybe. Just maybe. Sha- maybe. Christmas is, is means a little away? bit more. Ah, <laughs> uh, goddamn! It's so good. Have you seen the trailer for the new Grinch movie? Uh, produced by Scott Mosier. Uh, yes. yes. <laughs> but here's what I'm confused by. Okay. You get Benedict Cumberbatch to be the Grinch, mm-hmm. and you don't have him sound like Benedict Cumberbatch or the Grinch. He has mm. the perfect voice for that role as the Grinch coming in right here. And then I listened to the trailer and it's like, well, hello there. I'm the Grinch and I'm going to get all of your stuff. Mm. Mm. Like, why? Why? I have driven home from various things. Uh, stand-up acts, uh, uh, play rehearsals. And I have just put on the Grinch soundtrack. Right. And tried to reach Thurl Ravenscroft. <laughs> Like, post-rehearsal. Like, my voice is tired. Like, I have been, like, like, like you know, projecting to the back of a theater, and I will just, like, dial it up on my phone and go, You're a foul one, Mr. Grinch. <laughs> Your heart's an empty hole. It's so much fun. It is. It's, it's a lovely, rich voice. Yeah, I mean, icon, insanely iconic. Your heart's an empty hole, Mr. Green. Given a choice between the two of you, I'd take the seasick crocodile. I love voices like that. Like, I loved the episodes of Scooby-Doo that we've watched recently that had Tim Curry in them. Because, oh! Because like, he, he was in The Witch's Ghost. Mm-hmm. And he was also in uh, Scooby-Doo Night of a Thousand Frights, the video game. Oh, no way. Okay. Yeah, he plays like the main villain in that. Hmm. And I've, I've realized that like Tim Curry is at like the back of the throat. That's where Tim Curry is. He's swallowing his words. Oh, naturally. Like, yes. oh, hello, hello. Oh, God, I can't do it at all right now. The one I remember uh, when I was uh, growing up, uh, fr- a, a friend of mine down the street got a... PC game like this is in like the height of mist right Right. like full motion video territory yeah yeah and click click and point those kinds of games and there was a Frankenstein game with Tim Curry and I just remember uh electricity matter simple yes I'm trying to remember because I had like an Almost impressed because like, I think I think you're aware, Nick. I'm not great at impressions. <laughs> the two of us, buddy. <laughs> yeah, 
but uh, Tim Curry gets so much in your voice. <laughs> that was it. That was it. You have to have him go up and deeper. <laughs> I uh, I got a gig a couple weeks ago. I got a text from somebody being like, I'm looking for somebody to paint my apartment for 350 bucks. And I was like, God damn, I need money. Right. I will do it. And so I spent from uh, 8.30 in the morning to 10 at night painting this woman's entire apartment and i the the, the only thing i listened to was <laughs> lemony snickets <laughs> narrated by tim curry oh my god he's what it's the best he does the audiobooks all of it oh my god so it's him doing everything and then right. the soundtrack by steven merritt <laughs> The Who magnetic was this fields. Good at creating audiobooks. It's great. Did this? It's the best. So. So. What? I don't like this video, but I love it. <laughs> All right. What are you? What's your reason for not liking it? And then what's your reason for loving it? I love the unfocused nature of it, mm -hmm. and I genuinely love. Anytime Killer Mike raps. Yeah. He has he has an intensity about him that's like it, it it feels invested in when he raps. Like his rhymes are like <laughs> uh, uh, let, let me just really quickly push my glasses up farther on the bridge of my nose. Right. <laughs> his rhymes are uh, you know uh, uh great. Uh here's the thing. He like has like a a rhythm to him and a way that he raps where I'm just like, fuck yeah. Like you're a character doing this in the best way possible. And mm -hmm. I, I like that. It feels like his rap here also is really well researched. <laughs> like it feels like he's the only one in the room who's actually seen Who knows before. Velma? Yeah, like he's literally like, okay, so uh, you know how in the fourth episode of the 13 Ghosts of Scooby-Doo, they go and cap Bogle and Weird go and... <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on! Uh, but yes, yeah, yeah it, 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 like he references 13 Ghosts of Scooby-Doo and like all that kind of stuff. And that to me, I don't know, it, it, like, but it doesn't feel also like uh, MC, uh, who's the... Adult Swim rapper, MC. Hmm. Um, I'm not looking it up. I'm very blanking. MC Chris. Okay. He's the one who does the like Satan sketches and stuff. Anyways, um, it, it doesn't feel like overly nerd rap. It feels like he's doing rap, but he knows about Scooby Doo. Right. <laughs> Which is fun. Like that feels organic. The chorus, uh, what, what is it? A million drums. In in the land of a million drums. Wow, I'm real white. <laughs> well, but doesn't it, it sounds too close to like never meant to make your daughter cry? <laughs> <laughs> but you know, okay. I feel like Outcast has that kind of ability to like. I think they, I think they have feet in both streams. Yeah. Crossing the streams? Yes. 
Ghostbusters. Like, we talked about Dan Aykroyd. Dan We're Aykroyd good. and Casper. Perfect. Great. Um, like Andre 3000, he, he has that like pots and pans drum solo. Yes. Which is just, it is, it is. Great. Yeah, it's lovely. It's a great sound. That's the thing. Like, there's so much of this that I'm like, I God. Like, it's so, there's so much that's like uh, idiosyncratic. And that's mm-hmm. what I love. Like, the small bits that feel like, oh, that's fun. You know? Yeah, because like a lot of it is like, oh, look at this. This is a, a safe, fun rap with the kids. We're all doing Scooby Doo, and oh, hi, Killer Mike. Oh, hi. Um, Slightly edgy, edgy <laughs> yeah, enough exactly. that we have to edit out words like "baggy" on the YouTube video. <laughs> I was watching it on YouTube uh, just a, a little while ago, and I I laughed so hard that they were muting "baggy." The one that I won't. Always, it's like part of my being now is watching um, Forget About Dre on MTV2. And it was, the line is, with a can full of gas and a handful of matches. And I will never forget that on MTV2 it goes, with a, and a, still no one found out. (laughs) And I was like, I didn't know how to start a fire. (laughs) Are you kidding me? Well, maybe if the kids don't hear it, they won't think it's uh, we'll be telling them to start fires. Tell your children. Just talk to your kids. <laughs> right, Dad? If the worst thing your kid is doing is watching an uncensored Scooby-Doo-themed music video. Eugene. Is your dad's okay. name Eugene? No. Would you like to know my father's name? No, nah, I'm going to keep going. Okay. Uh... The answer will surprise you. Raymond. No. Ah. William. Technically, yes. Are you a junior? No. Okay. I am a third. (gasps) What? You're a trip? Yeah. Yeah. Um, My name is William Thomas Seaguire, the third. Hmm. And my father goes by Tom Seaguire. Ah! I should have gotten Tom. Yeah. Should have. You were at John, which is a very similar sound. Yeah, yeah. Maybe you were just trying to, you know, it's like Battleship. You're not going to just, you know, not after A4, you're not going to say A5. You're going right. to spread them out. Right, right, right. Okay, okay. Yeah. He would blow the whistle. You'd come in. Yes. <laughs> Great. Great. So, like, what? How many music videos did you watch in two thousand two? Not many, sir. <laughs> you have, did you uh, still have the rabbit ears by that point? We we got uh, we got satellite TV at some point Ooh. when I was in high school. I think in grade nine or so. Fun. Um, but we didn't really get any like the music video channels, or if we did, I just you know I was like, well, there's no long term narrative to this. Why am <laughs> I? <watching?"> but <laughs> you were that snobby about it. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, mm. I want to watch an an arc heavy television series, something like a Zaolin Showdown. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, around that age, I was watching the uh, the uh, oh god, what was the Limp Bizkit? Uh, think about it. Check it over. Yeah, see, that was like that was very much like 
my cousin at the time was like, he, he was, he was tuned in. He knew what was happening. Me, not at all. Mm-hmm. On the table, cards, I never knew what was going on. I only <laughs> knew what I like somehow it, it like came into my weird like sphere of knowledge mm-hmm. and I've never been hip ever. In my I, life. I feel like I only developed like a musical identity for myself when I got to university and got high speed internet for the first time. Ooh. What yeah. was the first thing? So the first thing you gravitated towards was Bowie. Yeah. After like I first And that was, was like, because dealt, Flight like, of Concords. Deep, deep into Queen. No, yeah. I I think I got into Bowie independently of Concords. No way. Yeah. Good for you. Got into Concords hardcore though. That was <laughs> Concords are great. All right, Raul Cole. Brit, uh, Brit, Brit, Brit. It's pronounced Brit. It's pronounced Brit. Brit. How do you feel about uh, what we do in the shadows? Oh, hilarious! Great I'm movie. Very excited for for Werewolves the <laughs> sequel. Werewolves? What's Werewolves? I uh, I was obsessed with uh, short poppies. For... What's, what's that? Oh, so that's Reese Darby's show? Mm-hmm. Uh, I haven't heard of it. So uh, every episode is a different facet of this small town of in New Zealand, documentary style. Okay. And every episode features a different person in this town, and all of them are Reese Darby. <laughs> <laughs> And it is unbelievable. Okay, I love that because that builds. It's so fucking funny. That's fantastic. <laughs> Trying to keep the pulse, you know? Just uh, you throwing negativity at me? Look, left and right. I'm just, I'm just dodging it. I'm just dodging it. The Matrix. <laughs> it's the best. Anyways. Yeah. So we only have one segment on this podcast. <laughs> We are star-stuffed at the universe's test. Does this pass the Sagan test? Famed philosopher of science and scientist himself, Carl Sagan, once said that he wanted an adult version of Scooby-Doo because it endorsed skepticism and the scientific method. Does this music video pass the Sagan test? I think Killer Mike passes the Sagan test. Ooh, interesting. I think Killer Mike is on this. He notices a disturbance. He's like, all right, let us, let's fan out. Let's get those of us who know what we're talking. He gets in experts mm. Mm. To, to look at the evidence. He also does his research. Exactly. He brings some backstory into it. Yeah, Shaggy is incapacitated yeah. throughout this this episode. I Remarkably. Think this is, yeah, that and that's part of the, the crime. Oh. I think it, yeah. Okay. I, I think that's part of it. I think part of it was to incapacitate Shaggy and get his Scooby Snacks, but Big Boy, as the villain, didn't count on Killer Mike being prepared to solve this mystery. Yeah, yeah. All of this I'm, checks out. Yeah, okay, so he's hiding behind the... I'm literally... I'm just, like, scrolling through the music video <laughs> at this point right now to try and find 
like a point of deduction here. Wait, I think oh, I think there's a hole in our plan in our uh, theory here. Is it all the bimbos? No, I I think it's that big boy is sitting here in front of the man in the mask. Really? That happened? I think. Let me. What was big? Yeah, if that was big boy at the beginning, who was he's wearing the the jack the red jacket with the white sleeves? Yeah, yeah I think. He's, I'm not entirely sure. I think he's the, doing the unmasking. Is okay. Can we get a definitive? Do we get a definitive right now, or do we have somebody tell us? You said. So you you said there were two members of Outcast. Yes. And is that Andre Three Thousand and Big Boy? And Big Boy. Okay, so so Andre Three Thousand, we know it's not him. Yeah, he has he's the Bible. Yeah, big boys right here. It's not Killer Mike. No, because he's there big. A, is there a fourth party? Yeah, uh, there's somebody else in the video. Uh, oh, I'm breaking the rules. I'm fine with it. Um, a million drums. The people want to know these answers. They do. Okay, so. Uh, it's the first and only non-album single to be released by Outkast. Interesting. They didn't put this on an album? <laughs> Sleepy Brown? I don't know if it's Sleepy Brown. Do you know Sleepy Brown? No. He's from Savannah. Which, uh... I don't know. He's collaborated with Beyonce. Uh... <laughs> Let's see here. Why is there no subsection for the video on the right? Wikipedia? This is difficult. Are we the only ones investigating this? We need to create... We need an intrepid internet person who listens to one of our podcasts <laughs> yes. to create the subsection on Wikipedia for us. We're too busy making this prime fucking content for y'all. Exactly. We did zero research. <laughs> and we until have zero now. Answers. We literally watched the video and yeah. looked at a Wikipedia glancingly. I I yeah. And hey, talked it, about a uh, reboot. Yeah. I come from the net through systems, peoples and cities. So does it? So, so let's say let's say a soft yes. I'm gonna say soft yes on yeah. the Sagan test because yeah. I think K Killer Mike investigated. And in general, they have a problem. They need a solution, and they they nail it. Mm -hmm. they, they, caught, get, they caught the guy. He, yeah. he says he he would have got away with it. If it wasn't for meddling kids, oh. Remember more of the lyrics than I do. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note. <laughs> yeah, dude. Was, like, I, <laughs> well, I mean, like, it is, it is such a perplexing thing. That's the problem. Like, I'm like, we've barely talked about this. Yes. And it warrants a lot of discussion. But. It also doesn't. No. <laughs> because much like this conversation, 
It is it, rambling and weird. It goes to places you didn't think it would. And there's no reason for it to go to those places. But it does occasionally come back to the source material and touch down. Are we talking about the podcast or the music video? Oh, I was still talking about Reboot. Genius. <laughs> reboot, the original manga that it's based off of. Is it based on a manga? Nope, but it seems on brand. <laughs> Anyways, uh, yeah, so I think this music video is well worth a visit, but don't expect too much. <laughs> or expect everything. I don't really know. Would you give it a Scooby-Doo or a Scooby-Don't? I'm not going to answer that because I feel like if I give the wrong answer, Amelia will literally beat me up. <laughs> It's a possibility. So, let's get to Pimpich. <laughs> sure. We've talked to Outcast. Listen to it if you will. But what do you have going on? Um, so, I do have Scooby-Doo's or Scooby-Don'ts, a continuing podcast where Amelia Wellman and I uh, chronologically cover every episode of Scooby-Doo. Oddly uh, specific. It is oddly specific as a project. Yeah. Um, but... One of the reasons I wanted to come on your show was to promote a Kickstarter that I currently have going on. What? Yeah. It is for a zine, uh, the title of which is Called Into Being, A Celebration of Frankenstein. It is a hundred-page zine of comics and essays all about the uh, novel Frankenstein by Mary Shelley mm. and its influences our society. Great. Um, it's it's kickstarting right now. I have an essay in it uh, in which I talk about Frosty the Snowman. Uh, we are really hoping that this Kickstarter gets funded. Uh, we have some great people involved. Uh, the cover is drawn by Richard Pace, who has done art for Batman, the doom that came to Gotham. Nice. And uh, the zine, it's it's only uh, $8 Canadian for a PDF copy or $14 Canadian uh, for a perfect bound print copy of the zine. Oh, nice. Anywhere in the world. So, kickstarter.com slash. Oh, uh, project slash 2031. <laughs> <laughs> Does Kickstarter not really have that? Not really. It, okay. it's, just, it's just a URL there. Yeah. Do you so have it on your Twitter? I do have it on my Twitter. It's Great. my pinned tweet right now. Great. Called into being a celebration of Frankenstein. So, twitter.com slash um, the Billy Seaguire. I'm more coherent in this than in podcast form if people are listening to this podcast that's the least of their worries yeah uh Seaguire is s e w u s e g u i r e a a r d v r k a a r d v r k <laughs> excellent billy this has been freewheeling frolicking yes. and a fricassee of fun and frivolity i'm just glad it's not a fracas yeah i, I don't watch uh, battlestar galactica thank you so much for being on sir you're welcome this has been as fun as i expected it to be <laughs> Which is a high compliment. <laughs> and as always, to you and yours this holiday season, 
turn around every now and then I get a little bit more horny to Scooby Dooby What's With You Scooby-Doo is a member of the Stolen Dress Podcast Network. Visit StolenDress.com to check out our other Stolen Dress podcasts, blogs, tweets, videos, and books.